Hi, my name is Sarah Sloan, and you're listening to The Sarah Sloan Show. I hope you guys are doing okay. All right, so if you see this on video, then you know that this worked. But basically, I'm going to try to do a video podcast if it's possible. I don't know if it's possible. This is this is really exciting, but I, I basically, I have been thinking about it for a while, and I only want to do things that are, hmm, what's the best word? Easy. If it's going to be super difficult, I really have no interest. Uh, pretty much the only reason I uh, have been able to do so many podcast episodes whenever most podcasts only last seven on average is because I don't edit. I just hit record, do the thing, end the recording, upload it. And a lot of people, I think they make their lives a little too complicated, editing and editing and editing. And then it just takes out their love for what they're actually doing. The whole point of what you're doing is to do it and to enjoy it. And so I like to enjoy what I do. If I'm not going to enjoy it, I'm not going to do it. So pretty much the only way I'm going to do a video podcast is if it's easy to do. If I can just hit record, finish recording, and upload. And yeah, if this works out, I just want you to know that, you know, on Spotify or wherever it may be, in theory, it should just be like any other podcast. You should just be able to listen to it. You can close the app and continue to listen to it. And then if you want to watch the video, it's on the screen if you want to, but you don't have to. If you don't like looking at my beautiful face, you don't have to do it, but I kind of don't know why you wouldn't. You know, I think I'm, what's the best way of saying it? I'm fun to look at. That's what the guys tell me, at least. You know, what am I supposed to say? That's what the guys tell me. But yeah, we'll see how this goes. I might just do one and then just stop after that and just go back to audio. Who knows? And then, of course, please let me know what you guys think. If you don't like it, I don't know. I don't know what I'll think if you don't like it. They'll probably hurt my feelings. And I don't even have many. But yeah, and then there's all this thought of like, what should the video look like? What should be behind you in the video? What kind of lighting should you use? Blah, blah, blah. It gets complicated. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? All right. I hope you do because this is important to me. Okay, so let's hit the news if we can. We don't have to, but I kind of want to and I'm going to do it. I can't just give in to what you guys say. All right, so everyone's been hearing about how Trump had these classified documents. Now Biden has these classified documents. Now Pence has these classified documents. You know, after your time in the White House, you should probably leave the documents at work. Whenever I leave my job, I don't take the documents with me. If I do, and I realize I somehow took them, they're going in the fire. Just like that. Let's do that again. I don't, that doesn't even sound like fire. I don't know why I did that. It's very embarrassing. But now Pence, he has classified documents. And the whole point is, usually a president can declassify any classified documents. So that's why with Trump, it was always a little silly to say, oh, this was so messed up. 
And probably if you went to any other former president, they have classified documents as well. But if they were presidents, like I just said, they can declassify whatever the heck they want. On the other hand, vice presidents don't have that same power. They're not presidents. There's a word in front of president for them, therefore not making them presidents. So yeah, there were 12 documents. I wonder what the documents even said. And they were marked as classified. They were in Pence's home in uh, Indiana, and they've been turned over to the FBI. (laughs) It is kind of funny because, you know, Pence has now kind of been against Trump in a sense. And he really criticized Trump for having classified documents and said, I don't know why any person ever would have classified documents after finishing their time um, in office. And now he has a classified document. So very uncomfortable, awkward, uncomfortable robot. Man, so awkward. Uh, Okay. I wonder what's going to happen FBI-wise, but here's the thing. Do we think that Pence, Biden, and Trump will all be treated equally? Already we know that's not the case because like I just said, I can almost bet my life, and my life is pretty valuable, I think. It's pretty valuable. And, you know, Obama, they haven't looked at anything in his place. The Bushes, they haven't looked in their places. One of them did die. Awkward. Um, Carter is still alive. Clinton. No one give a flip about them. So why are they just now discovering these documents? That's my question. I have a lot of questions. Okay, and then here's another little piece of news. Especially if you're young and you're looking for a job. Basically, Walmart, they're going to be giving raises. So $12 was kind of their starting hourly rate. Now it's going to be going up to 14 It's a huge deal. But yeah, it's going to affect like 340,000 Walmart employees. And right now, though, the, the average you know, hourly wage is seventeen fifty, So it's already pretty good. I'm not going to disclose how much I make, but like I just said, it's pretty good. And I should be, yeah. Give me a raise is all I'm going to say. Uh, I like money. I like it a lot. But I love God more, okay? A lot more. I'm serious. <sighs> Man, I know you guys don't believe me, but I'm serious. So yeah, who knows how this is going to work? But it's always so funny because they, you know, every few years, the argument of the minimum wage, raising the minimum wage comes up. And it's a silly thing because if you look at a lot of places, the majority of jobs out there do not pay the minimum wage. They pay way higher. Walmart. If you would think of any place that would probably pay the minimum wage, it'd probably be Walmart. And yet Walmart doesn't pay the minimum wage. They pay way higher. They pay almost double. Their average is way over double the minimum wage. So it's just like, let the free market work. We don't need the government intervening and stopping certain jobs from being created. Because that's my, that's my take on why I think it's the minimum wage is dumb. Because what if there was a job out there that really actually only deserves $5 an hour? And I know you're thinking, what job would that be? That's crazy. There really could be a job out there that's worth only $5 an hour. You know, think, for example, what if a person was just supposed to sit there, do their homework all day, and just greet people? Like, if someone walks by, they just say, hey. Otherwise, they're just doing their homework. 
do you really think a job like that deserves like 15 an hour? Whenever you look at what Walmart employees are doing, they're working their tails off. And yeah, I said tails, referring to them being an animal. There are some jobs that don't need to be paid that much. And whenever you force a minimum, you are cutting off a lot of very simplistic jobs that could still be extremely beneficial. It might be nice to have one person there just saying, hi, while they work on their homework. Why am I talking like that? Hi, I'm Sarah. Like, oh, so cringy. Don't get me started on the minimum wage. I, I start getting so mad. I don't even know why. Okay. Gosh, there's so much news to talk about today. And really forever. Okay. The, here's a big one. And this is really probably only interesting to you if you're kind of into conservative news. Steven Crowder, if you don't know Steven Crowder, just like look him up. He's so famous and he does comedy and conservative news, things along those lines. And he had a contract with The Blaze. The Blaze is a company that also does conservative talk and everything. Glenn Beck is the one who started it. And it's actually placed here in Dallas, which is pretty interesting too. And his contract is up. So then he, I think he really likes to work for people. Steven Crowder does. And he has this whole gig and everything. And the Daily Wire, a huge conservative media company that Ben Shapiro is a part of, reached out to hire him. And it became this whole issue because Steven Crowder was asking for $50 million. And you hear that and you're like, what the, what the what? And he asked for 120 to counter that. Now, the thing is, the first offer is never really the offer that's taken. Usually you bring your lawyers in and things are negotiated, things along those lines. And so it's a bit disingenuous to kind of criticize the first offer just because you know it's not really going to be the only offer. But I think he took, Stephen Carter took issue with more than just that. Um, Another part of it that really seemed to frustrate him was the ad revenue things. Basically, if he's on something like YouTube and it becomes demonetized, where that video is not allowed to make money because it's about a taboo topic, then he would not make any money. And in fact, he would have to pay the company Daily Wire because he didn't make money on that video. That's a tough thing for someone like Steven Crowder, who was always talking about extremely taboo topics. So I can understand Steven Crowder's frustration with that first offer. But once again, it probably could have been negotiated. Things could have been changed. Candace Owen, who now, uh, Owens, who now works for the Daily Wire, she was talking about how her first offer was like very irrelevant. It had things about like your TikTok, your Snapchat. Well, she refuses to even use those social media platforms. So she was just like, it, it's almost like just like a boilerplate. It, there's not a lot of thought put into that first offer. And so she was just like, well, I don't use those things. So that's not relevant. You know, things along those lines. She was very angry. A lot of people were very angry uh, at the Daily Wire just because he came out, Stephen Crowder did. He came out and he's just like, this is the big con. And he didn't name the company. But that's also kind of a dumb thing to do just because how many companies out there would hire someone like Steven Crowder? There's really not many who would have enough money to be able to even hire someone like him who would even want what he talks about. You know, it's just, it was so obvious it was a Daily Wire. And then basically Jeremy Boring, who's the CEO of the company, comes out and he goes line by line explaining the contract. So it's been some conservative drama. Now, a lot of people 
they are saying, why does any of this even matter? What the heck? Um, there's like big issues going on. We don't need to be focused on stuff like this. I always get a little, a little annoyed whenever people talk that way, just because if people are interested in it, that automatically kind of makes it matter, you know? So because you don't think it matters, therefore you think no one should think it matters. Well, who are you? Who are you? How dare you? It does matter. It does matter because are you going to say that nothing these conservative voices say matters? I would tend to disagree with that. I think a lot of what they say matters. I think Ben Shapiro, Michael Knowles, Candace Owens, uh, Matt Walsh, Andrew Clavin, Stephen Crowder. A lot of conservative voices have really framed the way that we think today. I listen to Megyn Kelly. I've never missed a podcast that Megyn Kelly has done. I think she matters. I'm sorry. So for him, for Stephen Crowder to be able to continue on whenever so many people follow him and really care about what he says, yeah, it, it kind of does matter. <laughs> so I, 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 I always get annoyed when pe- people, it, it's just like the high road. We should be talking about the thing. Talk about it. You talk about it. But no, you're not going to just control all the discourse that you want to control just because you feel like you're entitled to. That's not really how this works. Last time I checked. But it was pretty cool because on the Tim Pool podcast, which, yeah, he's an interesting guy in his own right. He had on Candace and it was like the most convenient timing. They did not plan it. So she's just unloading on Stephen Crowder just saying, oh, you were a child actor. This is so ridiculous that you're even complaining about any of this stuff. How entitled are you? Now, one thing that they were definitely making a mistake in Ben Shapiro and all of them, they were basically making it sound like the $50 million that he was going to theoretically be paid would go straight to Stephen Crowder's pocket and then he would just buy Lamborghinis galore, things like that. It's like, so $50 million wasn't enough for you? You want $120 million? It's like, no, listen, that's not really fair because there's costs, there's other employees, things along those lines. And when you're doing a media company, there's a lot of costs that go into it. Gosh, think of all the costs that have gone into just my podcast alone. There's a lot of costs there. It's it's not cheap to do anything. Like it's cheaper than it used to be. Like, you know, if I was doing a, a show on Fox News versus like just what I'm doing right now, of course, that's a significant cost difference, but I'll totally admit it. You know, I think there's a lot of people that wouldn't be able to afford to even start their own podcast. Um, they'd have to be pretty poor though, because there's simpler ways to do it to where you could just have your iPhone and just record off your iPhone and just do that. I'm getting into a tangent. You know how I get, you know me, look me in the eye and don't tell me, you know me, you do. So the other tricky part of what Steven Crowder did, and this is all like, you know, I'm just trying to figure out like, even what I think about all this, it's kind of hard to know. He was speaking to the CEO, Jeremy Boring, and then he like about the contract he records their conversation. That's kind of a jerk move because they actually are known to be friends and to record the conversation and then play it later on your show and then pick the part that's the most controversial and then replay it, which is basically where he said wage slaves. Like Jeremy Boring said, we make you wage slaves and then you kind of continue on and do your own thing. You know, that's, that's not, that's not really the friendliest thing to do. I would say at least. So let's listen to Steven Crowder just talk a little bit about that. You're going to hear Tim pull at first, and then you'll hear Steven. 
you recorded co-CEO of Daily Wire, Jeremy Boring, on a phone call. Yep. He says, I thought we were friends. Yep. A lot of people have said, wow, that, that was a mess up thing to do. It sounds like what you're saying in, in, in the context we were just talking, they sent you a business contract that was very bad, that penalized you 110% if all, all fees are applied, more money than they would actually pay you. And it didn't take into consideration if you made them more money. It didn't take into consideration how much money you made them. It didn't take into consideration if you were banned from Facebook, but Facebook generated no revenue, yeah. it still penalized you. That's part of so it. So here, here's, here's what I'm hearing, here's what I'm thinking. If the question is, and I, and I, do, have, I, I do have qualms about recording the, the, the recording, but we'll get into more detail. Mm -hmm. They say you were you were supposed to be friends. Why would you record your friend's phone call? Mm -hmm. well, there's an interesting point to be made. Why would your friend send you a a very very bad contract that that felt exploitative? And why would a friend not listen to you when you say, "Take me off the table. It's not a fit." There was never, just to be clear, there was never another offer that came through after I said, these are the non-starters, the penalties for big tech, right? These, the owning of people's names, image, likeness, their platforms are in perpetuity long after they leave. I said, then we can talk about the money, right? They, he said they came in low and I'm sure my, my gay Cuban hardcore right, uh, right wing agent came in high. You find that, but it's like, but there, there can't be any terms without this. Once I said that can't happen, these terms, the big tech penalties, that's when so, so they, talks completely stopped. It they, was never changed and said, of course all these, it's like you saw in the first wait, video, wait, wait, they, we they, have to make money. They outright said that fee structure couldn't be changed. Yeah, they, there was never another offer after that. I said, look, this is a sticking point. You have to get rid of all of these. Change it. And also you have to, we can't do this. I'd love to sit as from one business owner to another. You don't have to do it this way, right? A good example is, look, uh, and I feel vulgar talking about numbers, election night. Okay, election night. We had been suspended for having Carrie Lake on. The entire Daily Wire cast on YouTube, less than a quarter of the viewers that we had on Rumble. When we crossed streams, their viewership went up 40, 30, 40,000 people. That's proof of product that, hey, look, proof of concept. You can do it off of YouTube. You don't have to. Right. I think you use the platform as long as you can, but you need to start building alternatives. It is fundamental to the business model on the right to not change that. And I'll just point out that we have about 120. Okay, and if you notice there, he doesn't directly answer the question. Um, basically, well, why'd you record your friend? Why would my friend not change the offer? Well, no, that's not what we were asking. Why, why'd you record your friend? And so he didn't truly answer it. Um, there was another part of the podcast where he was basically you know, comparing himself to James O'Keefe, which you know, if you know anything about James O'Keefe, he does... Um, he has a company, Project Veritas, and it does uh, journalism where, here, here's some examples. Um, this girl is with, this girl journalist is with this very important man who is works at CNN, and she's like supposedly dating him. And then she's asking him questions and recording their conversation at dinner, and then they release that tape. Or he's done, James O'Keefe has done things where he had someone in the Twitter company um, recording their meetings and getting to hear what's going on inside their meetings. Several things like that. And so he's comparing them, um, he's comparing himself to that. But that's really not the same. You know, if you think of conservatives against Twitter, conservatives against CNN, those are kind of a bit more of like a, a bit more of your enemies for lack of a better word, the Daily Wire is really not your enemy, Stephen. You know, if you if you want them to be your enemy, I guess they can become that, but you kind of ask for it. And so 
And then also, could the terms be changed is what Tim Pool was trying to ask. And he didn't really answer it. He walked, he like perfectly walked slash danced slash whatever did the rumba around that, that question. And I think he's lying if I'm honest. So I really, I see both sides of it. Um, and do I believe that if the Daily Wire did hire him and then he got a video demonetized just because it was controversial that he should have to pay the Daily Wire for that? I don't. Because I, I don't exactly. Like, basically, if you want Steven Crowder, you better take all of him. You know what he is. He's had years and years of work. You think he's going to stop being controversial? Just, just now, just out of nowhere, he's going to stop being controversial because it's not going to happen. That's kind of what he's known for. That's kind of why he has the following that he has. And if you take that away from him, if you, if you soften him up and make him a, a weak Steven Crowder, then no one's going to watch him anymore because they can just watch anybody else. He'll just be a political commentator who makes a couple jokes. There's a lot of those out there, you know? So it's just, it, I see both sides is basically my point. So hopefully you guys can come to your own conclusions. I know you can. Don't, don't tell me you can't. Okay. So let's see. Ooh, this is interesting. This is very interesting. Meta. Ugh, so gross to say that. I don't know why it just feels wrong. Can we just say that it feels wrong? Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, you know, Meta owns all those and they are going to reinstate Trump's accounts. So let's listen to a little bit on that. Former President Donald Trump is getting more of his online real estate back. Meta, the parent company of Facebook and Instagram, says it will reinstate Trump's accounts in the coming weeks. Meta, Meta's president of global affairs defended the move in a press release saying the public should be able to hear what politicians are saying so they can make informed choices. And Trump is still a politician. He's the only person so far to formally declare himself a candidate for the Republican nomination in 2024. Trump used Facebook extensively in 2016 and 2020 to raise money and advertise for his campaign. Meta says Trump's reinstatement comes with new guardrails to deter repeated offenses. CBS News congressional correspondent Scott McFarland joins me now. Scott, remind us why former President Trump was kicked off in the first place. Yeah, two years ago this month, right after January 6th, Facebook called it an extraordinary decision because of extraordinary circumstances. They had criticized his celebration or cheering of some of the January 6th Capitol rioters. They pulled him down after some back and forth, some meetings and discussion. They decided there'd be a two year suspension and then a review. The two years has expired and they've done their review. Uh, but they were always clear, John as to why they thought he was dangerous, because he was, after January 6th, America was in a sensitive moment, to put it mildly, and they were concerned Donald Trump was fanning flames. But the Facebook meta executive says now is that times have changed and time has passed. And in their words, the risk has receded. Donald Trump is getting a foothold back on Facebook. Scott. He has a great voice. I really like his voice. Did I like anything he had to say? No, not at all. But a great voice he does have. Um, I really hope Trump gets back on these social media sites. And I know he has this like contract with that truth social and that's kind of how he tweets. 
nobody looks at that. I've never looked at it. I don't want to. I'm sorry. I know it doesn't make me like a true conservative like I claim to be, which I am one, by the way. Don't doubt me, please. There's no one more conservative than me. Like George Washington, he may have had some good fake hair, but he's got nothing on this baby right here. Nothing on this baby right here. Trump needs to get on Facebook. He needs to get on Twitter. He he is basically allowed to go back. Go back. Do it. Just brrr, write your stuff that you used to write. We loved it. I loved it at least. People, they didn't like his tweets. I don't know why they didn't like his tweets. Uh, they're controversial. Okay. They were targeted at certain people. Okay. They might have been misconstrued as mean. Okay. Sounds like me after having too much Taco Bell. It's like, let, let's get over this. Let, let, let's get some big girl pants on or big boy pants on, depending on if you're male or female. Trump is funny and I miss him in the public discourse and I need him to get back on these social media sites. His son has done a great job on Instagram. Look at his Instagram if you ever have a chance. It's a great Instagram. But I want more. I'm hungry for the Trumpy. Give me more Trumpy or go home, okay? You don't actually have to go home. I'm just in a bad mood right now. Okay. Martha Stewart. I don't know what you guys think about Martha Stewart, but she's funny. She's very funny to me. And she's got that whole thing going with Snoopy Doggy. And uh, <laughs> she basically did the sip or spill game with Entertainment Tonight. And so she either drinks some alcohol or she answers the question that they ask her. And it's usually questions that, uh, you know, could be a little, a little awkward to answer about other people, typically. That's kind of what makes it interesting in the first place. So, yeah, so she was playing this um, game and she answered quite a few questions. So let's listen to Martha. Attractive and, and pleasant and, um, and fun to be with. Who's your current celeb crush? Brad Pitt, because I was looking at pictures of him on Instagram and he looked so great. I think he's aging beautifully. Sorry, Brad, you're still young, but you know what? You are getting older. I'm not drinking very much. You're an open book. Yeah, Martha <laughs> was giving us all the tea, but there was one question that had her sipping her new 19 crimes, Martha's lighter shard. Who's committed the biggest party etiquette faux pas you've encountered? Who? Who and then what is it? Oh my god. Do you want to sip or do you want to spill? <laughs> oh my goodness. She takes a sip. What we do know is that she and pal Snoop Dogg have had some wild times together. What's Martha Stewart like when she gets really high? <laughs> Snoop takes Snoop a sip. admitted to uh, partaking in some cannabis at your home. Did you join him? I did not. Snoop thought that I was hiding my real home from him. He, and he saw this big, beautiful stone building. He thought, ah, what's down there, Martha? And I said, that's my horse's house. So he went down there and had some grass with the horses. <laughs> Meanwhile, Martha is... Okay, I heard a horse noise. You know what that means. I've got to do my horse impression. But I don't like when people can see me do it, so... Okay. <laughs> Hopefully you could hear that. 
I just don't want people to see me do it, but I'm really proud of how closely to a horse I can sound, so. Starting the new year booked and busy. We're working on a lot of different projects. I have a, a new uh, series of shows on Roku streaming television, yes. and uh, that's why I'm here in Las Vegas. Sin City is the home to Martha's Restaurant, The Bedford, which she opened. All right, I'm bored. Martha Stewart is fascinating because, you know, she she's known more for like the cooking and the homemaking and things along those lines. And then, of course, she went to um, to prison for a while because she lied to the FBI. And she could have really like let that ruin her career. And she didn't. She really pushed on. And although I don't agree with the way she lives her life and everything that she does, I respect her ability to to challenge her brand and to make herself someone that a lot of people enjoy. Someone like her with someone like Snoop Dogg, really, that's weird. But that's kind of the beauty of it. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's just been an interesting thing as a whole, how she's been able to do all that. And she's also funny as heck. So, you know, weirdest moment of the podcast to do this, but... Let's go to a Bible verse, and then I'm going to play you um, her doing a roast, a clip of her doing a roast, and I think it's really funny. So, but I too much secular. I need some Bible, please. Zoink! Oh wait, that's what uh, Shaggy says from Scooby Doo. Zoink, Scoob! Shaggy, Scooby Snacks. Oh, that was bad. I am going to jump after uh, after this. I'm going to jump like off a cliff. I'm thinking if you want to watch, just let me know. I may put that on the video podcast as well. You can really do anything with video. It's wonderful. If I did that like on an audio podcast, just jumping off a cliff, it'd be like, ah. <laughs> it'd be weird. Uh, okay, so the verse today is going to be Matthew 6, 26. Look at the birds of the air for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you of not of more value than they? Sorry, I've been trying to memorize it, so that's why I sucked at it. I'm, I'm going to like read it because I, I kind of sucked at memorizing it. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? It's a really good verse. Wouldn't you agree? God cares about us. I hate birds. I really do. And if God cares about birds and they're so disgusting and repulsive and should be executed immediately so that I can have more Slim's chicken or Popeye's, thank you, Lord, for making those two places. They don't, they don't matter, in my opinion. And God even cares about them. So if he cares about them, he cares about me. And that makes me feel good. He feeds them and they don't really do a lot to survive they really live like kind of on the edge of their tail, you know, like the edge of their seat, whatever. They don't like have a house like, like us. They don't have to work like us. And yet they're fine. A little too fine if you ask me. And then they just all fly together. And then you see them whenever you're driving and then you look over at a gas station. There's like a million of them. And they're all gathered together. And you're just like, scram, baby, scram. We don't want you here. We never have and we never will. Alfred Hitchcock made a movie, Birds. 
They're freaky, man. But God, back to God. Have you been, have you ever like had concerns like that God will not provide, that he won't do what you expect him to do? Well, you're alive today, aren't you? There's been so many times in my life where I've been like so worried about something. And then I'm like, like in the back of my mind, I know God's got it. And I know it's going to be okay. And every time I'm so stressed about something, like literally probably like a week later, even a few days later, it's like not an issue anymore. And I was so worried about this. It was all consuming. It was, oh man, I was about to die, you know? Like I remember this one time I did an all-nighter for this project in college. And I, it was just, it was one of those times where it was just like, no, like I, I actually can't get this done in time. I really did actually screw up. Like I, this will not be done. And I knew it. And I turned it in not done. And it looked terrible. It was actually supposed to be about my personal brand. It was for intro to public relations, which ended up being my major. So I kind of should have really cared about this, but I did so bad on this project. Did, did the all-nighter, I was suffering. It's not as great as it seems. All-nighters are not fun. They're not cool. There's nothing appealing about it. Um, in the end, I thought for sure I was going to fail it. You know, it's a university. They expect good work. I got a B. I got to be in the class. It was fine. I got to be in the project. It was fine. Now I look back and I'm like, why was I worried about that? It was fine. Everything was fine. Because God's got it all under control. But I was flipping out. I was so worried. I had so much anxiety. We are of a lot of value. Do you believe that you are of value? Do you? Because you should. You're of a lot of value in my opinion. I think you're wonderful. I may not even know you, but I just know that there's probably something pretty wonderful about you. And I also know that if you're alive, you have a purpose on this earth. Otherwise, you might be kaput. Like Barbara Walters. Or like Michael Jackson. Or like Norm MacDonald. Or like George Washington. All those people are dead. But you're not. You're alive. And each day, you should wake up and say, thank you, God, for making me. And thank you for making me have value. And if you don't, if you can't think of any certain area of your life where you have value, try to like ask somebody maybe. If you really can't figure it out yourself, ask the Lord, obviously. And then try to ask somebody else. Because there's been some times where I'm like, what, what is even good about me? I don't even know what's good about me. And then someone's like, well, Sarah, you're, you're pretty funny or whatever. And then I'm just like, hey, thanks. That was really nice of you. And I'm like, you know what? I am funny. Funny looking. No, I'm kidding. I, I'm funny. That's something that gives me value. I'm able to make people laugh. I'm able to bring a smile to somebody's face by making myself look weird or sound weird or be weird. That brings me, me joy and it brings them joy and it gives me value. And I know, I know, like we all have tons of attributes, but that's just an example. Everybody's got value. So you got to believe it. So yeah, it's a good verse. Matthew 6, 26. All right. I promised you guys the Martha Stewart roast. And by the way, there's so much more than just this. I also couldn't just play any on this podcast because like I said, Martha Stewart is pretty crazy. So like she's really crazy. So let's just play this one and hopefully you enjoy that. If you really want to look up more, just literally 
YouTube Martha Stewart roast. Oh, she's so funny, man. Now you're all wondering why I'm here tonight. It's because Martha Stewart changes people's lives for the better. Like Shaq, for instance. When Shaq bought his house, Shaq, are you listening? I was the first person he called. The house had 13 bedrooms, and I helped convert eight of them into refrigerators. I believe the bedroom is the most important room in the house, but I don't have to tell you that, ludicrous. You have three kids with three different women. May I suggest pulling out some time and finishing on some fine, highly absorbent Martha Stewart bed linens? So it was like after that, she got like so much respect from like, you know, these major players, the most popular people in society, because this took place at the uh, Justin Bieber comedy roast on Comedy Central. And you're just like, what the heck? Why is Martha Stewart here? And she's probably not going to even do that well. And then she demolished them. She had some of the best roasts of the night. Whenever I think of that comedy roast, I usually don't think of other people's jokes. I think of hers because it was so it was so unexpected and so awesome. Oh, Martha Stewart. Yeah, she had a really good one about Natasha Leggero, which, yeah, Natasha Leggero has a very interesting voice as well. Oh, let's see. I feel like you guys deserve to hear it. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's pretty funny. Okay, let's see. I do a lot of gardening, but you are, without a doubt, the dirtiest used-up hoe I have ever seen. All these rappers on stage, and Martha Stewart has done the most jail time. Yeah, so that's Natasha's voice at the end. And then, okay, that's a clip where, that was one of my favorite jokes that Martha Stewart did. Uh, so funny. All right, so, last podcast I did talk about Popeye's ghost pepper wings that they have for a limited time. Six wings for five doll hairs. And I told you that I was gonna try them and I was gonna report back to you on what I thought. So this is what I'm doing. I tried them and it was late at night. I was eating them. It was the last thing that I was eating of the day. So I wonder if that had to do anything with how I felt. Um, okay, so they were delicious. They were extremely spicy. So if you've ever had Popeye spicy chicken, it is extremely spicy, but it's, it's okay. Like it's chill. You know, I, like my sister, she's a baby. She's like, and it's just like, oh, oh, but she's a good person. It's just like, she really does need to fix that. So she only likes mild, the spicy, good, wonderful. The ghost pepper, I was, you know, it was definitely bringing some tearage to the eyes, but it was still good. And it wasn't so painful that I couldn't eat it. So I really enjoyed it. I ate all six wings in one sitting. I go to bed. I wake up. I wake up because I had to go number two. And it was extremely painful. The spice goes through your body so quickly. Usain Bolt has nothing on that spice. And I was going to get late for work if I finished everything I had to do on that beautiful porcelain. So I had to drive all the way to work, which is usually about like a 35 minute drive. It was one of the most painful drives of my life because I had to get there. I couldn't stop. That'd be bad. But it was kind of almost like, 
a fire hose. Imagine trying to stop the water coming out of a fire hose. That's what I felt like. You know, that's what I felt like. And so then finally I was able to make it to work and then I was able to go on company time and finish. It was extremely uncomfortable. So that is just my warning to you. You will enjoy it in, but you will not enjoy it on its way out. If you like spice, if you don't like spice, don't need it. There's literally no point. Although it would be fun to like watch someone like my sister eat it and then just be like, I can't. and I'd just be like, you know, something like that. That really would be fun, actually. How much money would I pay to watch that? I would pay $56 to watch her eat all six wings. To watch her eat one wing, I would pay $43. That's kind of what I just decided just now. All right, I like, I like candy, but I have to be careful not to eat too much of it because it's not good for your teeth and it's got a lot of sugar. And if you're trying to lose weight, that's not very beneficial. So, but I don't like sour candy if I'm going to really have it, you know? And so through the years, I've liked things like Sour Patch Kids, things along those lines. Um, I, I, all this to say, if you haven't tried Bucky's Sour Strip Candies, you need to. It's so good that it's to the point where I will not be getting any other candy. I will not eat any other candy except for that. I will wait till I go to a Bucky's. And that's the only candy I'm going to have. I'll buy like two and then just survive off of that or just not have candy after that. Sour Patch Kids, Sour Airhead Extremes have nothing on it. I know I sound like a little kid talking about candy. Maybe that makes me youthful more attractive, who knows? That's really what I aspire to be anyway, so I'm not really like afraid of that, but it is very good. Strawberry is wonderful, but they also have some other flavors. They have a mango. It's one of those things where it's like, do I really want to, you know, if I only go there like probably once a month, do I really want to buy a flavor that I may not end up liking? I don't know, I don't know. There's some knockoffs at other gas stations, but Bucky's knows what they're doing. And also the bathrooms are pretty nice too, but I prefer the candy over the bathrooms. I got a cinnamon roll there. It was good. Definitely not the best cinnamon roll I've had. I think we've already probably talked about cinnamon rolls. The best cinnamon roll is at a place called the Farmhouse in Van, Texas. You will not find, and we're not talking, we're not, we're not talking homemade, okay? We can all do an amazing homemade, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to hear it. I'm talking about where you could buy the best cinnamon roll. You will not beat the place I just mentioned, okay? You won't beat it. Show me. Show me where you can beat it. Exactly. I don't hear any responses. I've tried, uh, what's it called? Uh, Cinnabon. Those are good. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's not good. All, all the cinnamon rolls. Usually, I like any cinnamon roll. I'm just saying, where's the best one? And also, why, why does it matter? Why does the cinnamon roll matter? Because it's one of the best foods ever. It's amazing bread filled with cinnamon, topped with frosting icing, whatever you want to call it. And all you have to do if you get it cold is you put that sucker in the oven or you put it in the microwave on pizza setting. That's all I have to say. It's good, okay? It's really, really good. Oh, man. I'm so happy just like even thinking about it. 
I know I don't look happy, but this is like my serious happy face, okay? Sorry, my kids, my kids are bothering me again. Hey guys, do you mind going back to your room? <laughs> Go to your room. I'm not kidding. Go. It's late. You need to go to bed. Oh, okay. Okay. You want to do another TikTok dance? Too bad. You don't get to. Back to the flip phone. We're getting rid of your iPhone. I'm not even going to lie to you. My kids scare me. Like so bad. All right. All right. You know what? This is a good place to end. I really hope the video podcast worked, you guys. If it didn't, you're going to listen to it, and hopefully it's the same kind of an experience. But and, and also, let me just say this. If you're not listening to this podcast at a faster speed than one times the speed, I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, you really should. There's no reason to listen to this podcast at the regular speed or to any podcast at the regular speed. It makes it go by faster. You save more time. You get in the same info. Now, for sure, there's some people where it's just like, like Ben Shapiro, you got to be careful how last, uh, how fast you listen to him because he's like, oh, according to my calculations, I talked this bad. And it's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. That was pretty fast, dude. But I'm not really like, am I? I don't know. I don't think I talk that fast. I think I talk pretty slowly. I don't know. I just don't want to like lose your time, make you lose your time. But like all that to say, I really appreciate you guys for listening. And I know you don't have to do it. I know you don't. But you're just that wonderful. You're just that kind. You're just that special to me. And also, mm, I got to say this, you're just that beautiful and handsome. And those muscles are coming in real nice. I'm pro Second Amendment with this gun show right here. Very pro Second Amendment. But yeah. I, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for you guys for even giving me the time and listening to me. So yeah, hopefully this works and you can see my face. Yeah, feel free to email the show if you have any comments, ways that I can improve. Um, I would appreciate that. I love constructive criticism. I absolutely love being told uh, that I'm not doing good enough than, and that I could do better. So please, please do it. All right, we're going to end there. Thank you guys so much.